All right, so welcome back to the podcast. I'm with Brian here. We're going to be talking about police brutality. All right, so to start out, throughout the course of time, police brutality has been a common factor in public history. As time continues to repeat itself, similar events such as police brutality, like the Bloody Christmas, Anthony Baez case, and the Quan McDonald case are present. All these cases have been based on civil rights and the absence of rights. Some background information based on the Quan McDonald is his poor upbringing, including being sent to juvenile detention at the ripe age of 16 years old and having an absent father figure in his early years of his upbringing. Laquan McDonald was born as, into a teenage mother, and his mother was forced to give up Laquan at a young age to protect his services. Laquan was an avid marijuana smoker, saying that the drug was capable of helping him keep a smile on his face. Because of the active use of drugs and openness, to drugs, it was no surprise that when the screening post-death of Laquan McDonald, he had large amounts of PCP in his system. When discussing the events that occurred that resulted in 17-year-old Laquan McDonald lying dead on the street with 16 bullet holes in his motionless corpse, the first is why he was in a neighborhood extremely far from his hometown. The thought was that he could have been serving the peace in the neighborhood and possibly breaking into cars. This is all skeptical information that has not been confirmed, but the questions have arisen. Laquan McDonald was suspected to be ignoring the officer Jason Van Dyke due to his headphones being in. Officer Jason Van Dyke was reported to asking Laquan to take his headphones out and remove his hands out of his pockets. The next events were subject to interpretation. Officer Jane Van, Jason Van Dyke, fearing for his life, he riddled his body with bullet holes. This is mainly because Lokan being on PCP, the effects of PCP on the mind and on oneself cause a mind-numbing effect that makes the, un- the user feel detached and unaware of this their surroundings. This could be another possible explanation of why Lokan was non-responsive when J- Officer Jason Van Dyke was attempting to question Lokan McDonald. Also, there was a rumor to have been a knife in Laquan McDonald's possession, resulting in the uneasiness from Officer Jason Van Dyke. After initial shots were fired by Van Dyke at Laquan due to the angel dust used by Laquan, he was still capable of functioning as if nothing had occurred, resulting in Van Dyke needing to institute more shots into McDonald. The entire incident seems possibly avoidable and could have left a 17-year-old boy alive and a hard-working police officer still on the streets. According to the Washington Post, Officer Jason Van Dyke was sentenced to over six years in prison due to the killing. A similar course of events that also took place with somebody besides Laquan McDonald would be someone known as Anthony Baez. Anthony Baez and Laquan McDonald share a similarity, being they suffered from police brutality and the lack of civil rights. Anthony Ramon Baez was born September 20, 1965, and was killed by police officers in an altercation on December 22, 1994. Anthony Ramon Baez died at the young age of 29 years old. Some descriptions of Baez were that he was 5 feet 6 inches tall and weighed 270 pounds. Anthony Baez had a father and multiple brothers who also testified in Anthony's defense. Based on multiple reports and accounts stating that the events took place on the day of the murder of Anthony Ramon Baez. Anthony Baez and his brothers, who were playing football at 1.30 a.m., accidentally hit a police car. After this mistake, the brothers moved away and went further down the street to avoid hitting the police car again. However, the police, car, the police officer, identified as Francis Lavoti, arrested David Baez based on disorderly conduct. When Anthony's brother was arrested and sparked anger, Anthony protested and crossed his arms. With the anger and confusion between the civilians and the solo police officer, more officers were requested for backup to break up the skirmish that ensued.
With the overpowering force of multiple police officers, the collateral damage that occurred left Baez subdued, unconscious, and later pronounced dead due to asphyxiation. The occurrence that is called into question is whether or not Francis Lavoti used a chokehold leading to the death of Anthony Baez. With the loss of life in the family, a court case was inevitable. On March 1995, a Bronx jury indicted Lavoti on charges of second-degree manslaughter. The trial began in September 1996, just in, just as in other case, just as in other cases, trials revolving around subjects such as these, the time frame is prolonged extremely. In the in this case, Officer Francis Lavoti most likely was put on paid leave pending the indictment. This is a quote directly from Anthony Baez's mother, Iris Baez. In a similar case to the one of Anthony Baez regarding an extended time frame, the same is to be said about a recent case regarding Laquan McDonald and Officer Jason Van Dyke. When reviewing the case against Officer Francis Lavoti, in the past a major red flag is the reason for multiple accounts and reports of excessive force being used. This is directly from the New York Times article of Killing Anthony Baez. The major issue besides the excessive force is the fact that there was no reasonable cause for arrest or detainment of the young men for accidentally hitting a police car. The young men, after hitting the car, moved away to avoid hitting the car again. The indictment occurred on March 1995, where a grand jury in the Bronx convicted Officer Francis Lavoti of secondary manslaughter. According to this site, secondary manslaughter or murder for other civilian can range from 20 years in prison to prison without parole. Just as the Laquan McDonald case was thought to be a violation of civil rights, the death of Anthony Baez was also thought as a violation of civil rights. On June 26, 1998, Lavoti was convicted of violation of Anthony Baez's civil rights and was sentenced to seven and a half years in federal prison. However, after six and a half years, Lavoti was released. The release occurred in April of 2005. In an attempt to support and aid the distraught family, Anthony Baez's wife filed for a wrongful death claim of $13 million, yet on the contrary was only given $3 million. In remembrance of Anthony Baez and the situation that occurred, the street on which he was killed was renamed and later changed to Anthony Baez Place. As a sense of continuing the movement of sticking up for the family and Anthony Baez, there was a film regarding police brutality referencing not only the Baez family but also other families hurt from unnecessary violence. The film is known as Every Mother's Son. The similarities between Laquan McDonald and Anthony Baez have the obvious similarities of a male Caucasian officer intervening with another male, not of the same race. Also, in both of these cases, the victim resulting in dying either at the scene or at a hospital. Due to not only the death, but the death of, min of a minority, there was a large number of riots and disputes going against the police officers that conducted the killing of both Laquan and Anthony Baez. The 50s was a time of scandal for the LA Police Department. One case in particular made huge headlines in the, in the paper. The incident known as Bloody Christmas, which involved the beating of seven prisoners that has came to be known as Bloody Christmas in 1951. This caused the first grand jury indictments of serving LAPD officers and the first criminal convictions of the LAPD ever. Up to this point in time, the LAPD was seen as heroes and praised by the public. At first, this incident was publicized as officers beaten in bar ball, seven men jailed. Police Chief William Parker at the time denied the critics of police brutality within the LAPD and accused them of discrediting the department. 
However, he opened up two intensive investigations, interviewing 405 witnesses, and led to a 204-page report written about the incident. After reading this, Parker fired 54 officers, including two deputy chiefs, and suspended 39 other officers. It all started with a little too much Christmas cheer. There was about a 100-officer party going on at the Central Police Station and a party of seven men at Max Cohn's bar when two officers came threatening to kick them out. The men refused and engaged in a bar brawl in the parking lot where one officer received a black eye and the other a cut on the forehead, which needed stitches. The brawl was broken up when a nearby neighbor broke up the fight with the rifle. Six of the men were caught and one got away. The man who was not caught, Daniel Rodella, was found later that night at his house. The cops severely beat him in front of his family, then handcuffed and carried by his hair to the police car, where he was taken to a nearby park to be beaten even more till he had a sideways nose and fractured facial bones. He was never actually taken to jail. Rodella later testified that he heard cops saying, you better make your report good, that he resisted arrest and hit you with the flower pot or something. Rodella stayed two weeks in the hospital, and it took him a month to recuperate before he could go back to work. Back at Central Station, word got back about the parking lot fight and that an officer was going to lose an eye. The officers were outraged and felt they needed to avenge their fellow cops. Several officers went and grabbed the six criminals out of their cell and beat them for 95 minutes straight. The wooden walls and floors were covered with blood and one of the victims who testified said he heard a man say, This is our life insurance. When I get through with these guys, they'll never jump, jump a policeman again. While at their trial, the prosecuting attorney called the six victims hoodlums and mad dogs, but the judge was not falling for it. The defense called for a police brutality, and the judge quoted this, This case is permeated with testimony of vicious beating and brutality perpetrated without cause, and it stinks to high heaven, and all the perfumery in Arabia cannot obliterate its stench. Police brutality became a big headline in the paper all over L.A. After a three-day hearing, the grand jury indicted eight officers. A year later, one was let off, two were acquitted, and five were convicted of assault or police brutality. Overall, these three cases all have their similarities. Laquan McDonald was killed for what was thought to be self-defense, Anthony Baez was killed for what seemed to be no reason, and the seven men involved in the bar fight should have never been beaten. These incidents are also similar in that they were kept quiet for a reasonable amount of time before the public found out. Also, these cases are describing the lack of civil rights shown for the citizens of the public. Everyone loved the LAPD. They were praised by the people. Bloody Christmas changed all that. Chicago cops weren't exactly praised, but the overkill of Laquan sure didn't help their reputation. The NYPD was also praised by the people. They had their own show. Anthony Bias's case brought some trouble for the NYPD once his case was given to the public. When all of these cases were made public, it sparked questions, caused tensions, and brought uneasiness to the justice system as well as the crime-fighting people known as police officers. Finally, these cases don't exactly repeat each other, but they definitely rhyme. Thank you for listening to our podcast. This is Johnny Hugo and Brian Hanahan discussing police brutality.